trading math episode 169 so if you were to put a fib on the entire leg we're talking you know anything below a 61.8 right and we're talking maybe like the 70s the 80 percent of that leg what's what's my target my target's a new leg so my target if that if that daily you know leg is 400 pips you know my my goal is to get the 400 pips to make the new leg um you know especially when when we're trending in that market the market's going to do something your job is not to fight it the market never ever runs away it's always there that personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than i could be right about the direction but wrong about the trade don't focus on the monetary side trying to make too much money on a trade is what i have seen killed every trader your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes relax learn the process candlestick pattern training is a freaking trap don't be in a rush to become a millionaire let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you this podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. Boy, do we have a treat for you today. We've got Mike Azevedo here on the show, otherwise known as Fibs and Profits. Now, look, this guy's going to tell you a story about how we went from starting off with a 2K account all the way up to six figures, then from there on the way to seven figures. He started off with break and retest, went on to Wyckoff and a whole bunch of other sort of merge of things. Um, I won't go into too much detail here, but look, uh, he dropped his trading down from 80 hours a week to just a few and is making more money than ever. He also talks about a 1 to 665 R trade, which you'll see in the video we shot after the show. He actually breaks that down, so check out the link below this one to get that video. Uh, look, a couple of things before we get into the show. In fact, there's a ton of things. <laughs> so the first one is um, my sponsor, BitGet, my new sponsor, BitGet. So I would have mentioned last week that that you can get $153 if you sign up with them. But now there's another thing you can do as well. And there's an ad in the show that you'll see where if you deposit, um, you can get up to $3,000 in crypto. Just click the link below the video or there's one in the card above and you'll find that there. Now, the other thing from my sponsor is my Trading Nut Funded Cup, sponsored by City Traders Imperium. So these guys have got uh, over $190,000 worth of prizes up for grabs. We've got so much interest in this. It's amazing. A lot of traders from Vietnam, funnily enough, a lot of Vietnamese traders um, who are trading with a, a style called Kong-style trading, which I've never heard of, can't find anything on the internet about it. So if you guys do know what this Kong-style trading is, C-H, or K-H, ONG, then please hit me up. I'd love to find out more about it. Maybe we can get this guy Kong on if it's a person or something. Look, we've also had other traders who have um, used, I suppose, learned the methods of other guests of the show. We've had ICT guys registering. We've had Momo FX. We've had Pips of Persia, uh, Jeffrey Benson from last week, and Michael Huddleston, amongst many others. I haven't even gone through all of them. These are just some of the names that have popped up. There's also been other guys that have uh, studied under, like Rainer Toe and Trader Tom, who are some big names out there on the internet. So look, I'm looking forward to getting this thing live. It's still a chance to register now, so there are links here, once again, up in the card above or below the video. So please hit those and jump on board and let's have some fun. It's going to be awesome. You've got until the 15th of April. You're going to find out more about that in an ad in a second. Now, other things that have gone live in the past couple of days or coming up this week, the new thing coming up this week as well, we've got the Mind Hack number five. So go and check that out with Andy Murphy. So that dropped this week. And if you're looking to get your mindset on point, go and check out the Genius Trader Club as well. 
the links all over the place for that. So go and check that out if you really want to get your trading mind on point. And also the Robot Builders Club, my Robot Builders Club is still open. So if you do want to try and automate some or all of what you're doing, then go and check that out because that's what I help you do. Uh, also, the Smart Money Concept Series Episode 2 dropped on the weekend. We had the live stream last week. You had a chance to get a hundred bucks actually just for attending that live stream and answering a pretty easy question. Uh, and the guy, the guys from Aerial FX are going to be back on again. So uh, on the live streams next week. So go and check that out. There's going to be, I think, another chance to win a hundred dollars there as well. So guys, awesome stuff happening here on the channel. And speaking of live streams, even a new one dropping this week as well. We've got. Um, from episode 132, you may not remember him, he went by the name of Master FX Shifu, uh, he's an awesome trader, he's over there on the Trading Nut Telegram chat, that's how we discovered him, he's now going to be doing live streams every Tuesday uh, on a weekly basis for the London Open, so if you're looking to get trades that go 2R plus at the London Open, he's going to do a session then, and we'll be jumping in to manage those trades that sort of run into you know multiple hours on the Trading Nut Telegram chat. So you're going to probably want to do both those things. But the first one would have gone live last night, I think, by the time you watch this. If you're watching it the day it drops, but he's going to be doing it every week. So you've got next Tuesday to look out for that. It might be Monday, depending on your time zone. All right, guys, enough from me. Let's get on with this amazing, and it is an amazing interview with Mike. Righty-ho, folks, I'd like to introduce you to something new here on the Trading Nut channel. It's the Trading Nut Funded Cup, sponsored by City Traders Imperium Funded Trader Program. You can win almost $200,000 worth of prizes. That's for the top 10 winners. And the top prize takes away a $100,000 funded account with City Traders Imperium. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, Click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description. Then sign up for free before the 15th of April 2022 and get 10% off any City Traders Imperium funded challenge just for entering the competition. Good luck, folks, and we'll see you in the cup. All right, folks, here we are. We've got Mike Azevedo here on the show all the way over there in Florida. Welcome to the show, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. So if you guys don't know Mike's name, he goes by Fibs and Profit. And uh, you've actually been recommended by quite a few of my past guests of the show, not just listeners, but guests. So I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, and to start off with, we're going to hear your story. How did you get into trading? Uh, so long story short, I was uh, I was working full time in law enforcement uh, in sunny South Florida here. And, uh, you know, I just I, I wanted to do something differently. And I felt like work was just taking me taking me away from the kids I've got four uh, four kids who are starting to get into their teenage years, and um, yeah, I wanted to find something differently. So one of my one of my buddies who worked with me actually was in trading. You know, he he had gotten started doing it and said, "Hey, you know, take a look at this and and see if you like it." And immediately, I was drawn to it. So it it gave me a lot of uh, gave me a lot of, of focus. It gave me a lot of uh, it, it drew me to it because I I wanted something that would give me that kind of um, that kind of attention, that kind of grasp uh, towards something, and that you know, and and, and it worked. It it it. Uh, I'm 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 glad I made the decision to leave and and do this full time. Cool. And and so your buddy who was who was into it. I mean, what was his? Was he like sort of in the get rich quick mindset, or was he had he had he moved on from that and was doing well? Yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, his, his, you know, he's got that steady, you know, uh, he gets a couple of pips a day, makes his, you know, his 1% a day and 
and goes on about his merry way. So, and that's, I think that's the going into trading. I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't jumping into, you know, let me make a million dollars overnight. You know, I, I kind of knew going into it, it was something that was going to take a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of um, experience and a lot of training to really get to the point where I could one, be profitable and, and two, make the career change into trading full time. And what, was there any sort of uh, correlation between law enforcement and trading that, that you think might have helped you? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I talk about this. So I do a, a Tuesday Zoom on YouTube and I talk about it all the time where um, I think my military background and my law enforcement background really put me ahead of the game when it came to mindset. Um, you know, there's, there. I mean, it, it also kind of gave me an idea of what I needed to do to get to the point where I knew I was going to be uh, both from a physical and mental standpoint, uh, ready to trade the way I needed to trade. So, um, you know, in, in, you know, in, in the line of work I did in the military it was uh, very high speed, low drag and failure wasn't an option. Meaning, you know, if I lost people got it hurt or people died. Mm. And um, I really had to overcome that because my first, I'd say my first six months in trading, um, I did everything in my power trying not to lose uh, trades. And it actually, it, it took me sitting back and really just paying attention to what was going on that I had to say, wait a minute, I, I do need to lose a couple of trades because losing trades actually gives me more data so that I can better prepare my entries and, and take these more, you know, take a higher risk to reward trade. So, I mean, it, I would definitely say just from an organizational standpoint, cause you know, I think for trading um, you need to be organized. You need to be, you know, I, I, I some of the guys, and, and especially, you know, if you, if anybody jumps on one of my sessions, you'll see how everything has to be itemized everything from my journaling to my preparation going into the week if I'm not organized, if I don't have all that together, you know, that's where I start making mistakes. That's where I start. Oh, you know, I, I forgot this trade or I forgot to set a limit order on this. Um, so my, my background in that really gave me an edge in, 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 I guess, lessening that curb uh, into trading. Hey folks, with so many crypto exchanges to choose from, why not choose the best one for you? And here are three massive reasons why my sponsors BitGet are the perfect choice for traders. Number one, they're ranked among the top 10 largest crypto exchanges for derivatives trading, which is pretty good, right? Number two, they've got a trading competition that gives you a chance to win a heap of Bitcoin. So if you haven't got any Bitcoin, great way to get some. Number three, the copy trading platform not only allows you to follow profitable traders, but you could earn crypto by letting others copy your trades too. So to get involved, click the link in the description below or in the card above and then follow the four steps and you're going to get over $150 in rewards. And so so how did you uh, start this journey? I mean, did your buddy help you or did you go off on your own? So I'm sure a lot of people have heard of iMarkets Live um, and I am Mastery Academy. So that's that's where I started. Um you know, they, you know, I, I paid my membership, jumped into it and, um, you know, started learning basic stuff, uh, from that Academy. Okay. And so did that, did you end there or when did you, how did that sort of go? What happened? So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was probably maybe a year in, um, and just testing a bunch of strategies, right. I was doing, um, you know, I started with the old, uh, <laughs> Uh, break and retest, doing some harmonic patterns. And um, honestly, from there, I 
there was one educator in that academy that I really got a lot of information from. Uh, his name was Zach McDonald, and he was doing Wyckoff theory. Um, and it was just something that I was immediately intrigued by because for me, when I going into understanding the market, I always told myself, if, I, if I'm going to be a really good trader, I need to be a good market analyst first. I got to figure out what the heck the market's doing before I can start throwing money at it. And the level of, I guess, um, analysis that he was doing based off Wyckoff theory is something I immediately was drawn to. So, um, you know, from there, I, you know, I, I learned what I could from him. Uh, and then I started to branch out and, and I guess that thirst for knowledge that I wanted, um, is what really drove me to get to where I am today. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it, it was, I don't regret any part of it. The journey was, was great. I mean, it def, it definitely took a lot of losses for me to get to the point where I'm at today. Um, but it was well worth it. And so, so the, uh, so you're now a Wyckoff trader or have you moved even on further than that? So I, I would say that I don't know what I would be. I mean, I definitely incorporate Wyckoff a hundred percent into my trading strategy, understanding schematics, understanding where the orders are coming in. Um, but I also definitely incorporate, um, structure, you know I mean? Structure is a huge part of it. Um, understanding leg structure and, and, uh, and cause and effect. So I, I don't do, I guess what I, you know, there's a thousand ways to trade a thousand ways to skin a cat. And I take, for me, I took what I could out of all of the back testing. I probably spent maybe like six months back testing doing, I want to say it was over 5,000 charts. And, um, I filled, I filled three, three inch binders full of trades, um, from a demo from, from back testing and demo trading. And I kind of just took the best of what I thought was, was trading from structure, price action, understanding schematics. And I incorporated it into a trading plan and, and made rules for myself on, you know, what I was looking for, how I was going to get into trades, how I was going to get out of trades. I was, you know, what I was going to do to hedge positions. And I, you know, my, my trading plan at one point, I think was like seven pages long uh, with just, you know, what my rules were, what my confirmation checklist since then, you know, with experience, I've, I've, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in there that was just fluff. I didn't need it. You know, I didn't need to know that I'm not going to take trades, you know, during Asian session, you know, I, I, I just know I'm not going to do it. So it doesn't need to be my trading plan. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was something that was, uh, extremely, uh, rewarding once I understood what I needed to do to get to the point to be successful and, and, you know, efficient in trading. It's interesting. Like I, w- I watched one of your earlier videos where you, I think it was back in 2020 and you'd done a thousand screenshots. So you've now mm-hmm. bumped that up by another 4k to get to your 5,000. More, more than that. We're, I, I'm, I'm creeping up on like 10,000 screenshots. Um, right. you know, cause I can just, the, you can go, you know, on a Mac, you could just right click and look at how many items you have in there. And yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 8,900 screenshots now. So, wow. which is just more information. And, and so <laughs> just going into the bit of detail here. So you were actually printing these out and putting them in a binder. To then so I don't it. print. Yeah, I don't, I don't print all of them. Um, I print ones. And, and again, you know, like in the beginning, yeah, I was printing all of them and, you know, it got to, you know, it, it got to the point where one, I was asking myself, wait a minute, why am I wasting all this ink and all this paper to print out charts? <laughs> uh, so then, you know, so then I, I, I screenshot and I'll keep them in folders. And, you know, what I do is I'll on my desktop, I have a pending folder, a, a pending trades folder, and then from there, once I take a position, um, it goes into a trade journal folder 
itemized by the pair, the date of entry. Um, and then if I don't take the trade, it'll go into a separate folder. The ones I print out are the ones that I, I will say to myself, you know what? If I have nothing to do, I, I come over to my bookshelf here on the left. I grab one of my books and I'll review some of the trades or, you know, something will pop up in my head. I'll be like, you know what? I've seen this before. I, I've seen this kind of price action or something. And one of the benefits, I guess, to to me growing up was I had a photographic memory. So if I've seen something once or twice, yeah, yeah I so I can go back and I could say, you know what? I remember seeing this in January of 2021 on, you know, Euro GPP. So I'll go back and I'll look it up under, you know, under that month. And sure enough, yeah, okay, this is exactly how I played it then. And so if there's something that for whatever reason I want to print it out, whether it was a loss that I took that I want to learn, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I went back, back tested it. This is what I should have done to invalidate this trade. I'll print it out. If it's something, you know, like my best trades, I'll print out like uh, to date, my best trade is a chef JPY trade. That's one to 655. And um, that one's printed out. That one I have a, I think it's like a 15 page screenshot case study of mine that, you know, I'll, I'll eventually when it's because I'm still in the trade, when the trade is all said and done, I will print it out. I'll put it on the wall. I'll, I'll like maybe make a, 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 you know, a poster out of it or something like that, just because, you know, it's something to be memorialized. You know, it's something that I want to go back and say, Manny, yeah, I took that trade. That was awesome. What's really interesting is that you got a photographic memory and you're still going to print out you're going to print these things out to go back and have a look at them. Is that? Yeah. How does that work? Is it like it just it embeds it even further in your mind? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you know, I, I kind of attribute it to, so I was a big sports guy growing up, you know, and um, I don't know how you, if the, if the rugby players over there do it, but in American football over here, you know, you always have slides, you know, like the quarterback's always looking through previous shots, how the defense was playing, how the offense was playing. And that's, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, there's, they're, they're the way I designed my trading journal books where anybody can pick up the book, and kind of read the story of what the price action was doing and what I did in that trade. Um, and I, I want it to be simple there. I mean, there's a ton of notes that I'll put on my screenshot, you know, like when I, when I take the screenshot from trading view and open it up in, in, uh, in PDF, I'll mark it up. I'll put little boxes on, you know, what price action, why this was a confirmation, why this wasn't, you know, confirmation to invalidate the trade. And, you know, all of that information, I, when, when I digest it, going back and looking at it a couple of months later, even a, you know, a year, two years later, um, being able to come back and look at it and say, okay, you know, one, you know, this is what I've learned from it or two, this is what I need to do to maybe update my training plan or update the way I'm, I'm, I'm looking at trading. Um, if you jump on, and one of the reasons I haven't deleted anything off my YouTube is you go back to my verse first couple of videos. Now I was doing break and retest and you go now and you can see just, just the progression of my trading, how it's, it's gone through several, several lines of progression, you know, um, even, you know, some of the guys that I trade with, you look back six months ago and there's things that I've incorporated into my trading just based off of back testing, going back and looking at, okay, you know, every Thursday I do a huge back test session and we'll look to see, okay, what do we need to do to, you know, update our trading plan or, or update our entry protocols? Because, you know, if I'm set in stone, one of the things I've, you know, I, was, I, I used to be in the U S coast guard. And one of the things I always say is, you know, my, my trading plan, um, it's written in the sand right there at the beach. And it's, it changes with the changes with the tides, right? Cause I have to be able to be fluid. If there's something that's changing in the market, I need to be able to adapt to it and adapting and, and overcoming what's going on is probably one of my, my biggest strengths. I can, I can see something. All right. You know, 
Um, you know, maybe I've got to do this to, to incorporate better entries, or, or maybe I can, you know, reduce my, my stop losses by, by looking more into lower timeframe confirmations off of a higher timeframe point of interest, you know, so those are things that those journal books really give me. And so, I mean, it sounds like your, your trading's ever evolving as with like most very good traders, they, they continue to evolve what they're doing to, to get better and better. I mean, what, what's, can you give us an example of like what you were achieving maybe from a risk to reward or win rate point of view when you're doing break and retest versus what you're doing now? Um, you obviously talked about that one to one six five trade, which is obviously crazy, but is that very recent or is that like a year or so ago? So, I mean, okay, I've been, I've been trading, I've been trading since 2018 and I'd say like the first two, two and a half years um, were just me, you know, going through and check, checking out different types of strategies when I was doing break and retest. And I was, I'll tell you, I, I was pretty, pretty, pretty profitable with break and retest. Um, but man, did I have to work? And I felt like, um, you know, the whole goal, everyone talks about like financial freedom and, and getting rid of that nine to five, but I felt like I traded my nine to five for an 80 hour a week job because I felt like I was glued to my tablet, my computer, you know, I mean, there was just so many hours and, and I asked myself, man, what am I doing? Um, so yeah, I mean, I was profitable with breaking retest. I was taking, you know, the standard 30, 30 pip stop loss, uh, on trades. And, I, but I was taking a lot of trades. I was taking, you know, anywhere between 15, 20 trades a week. And, you know, I wasn't journaling all my trades because man, that was just a lot of, a lot of trades to do. You know, I was, I was averaging, you know, I mean, I, I hit, you know, I hit six figures in a year, uh, doing break and retest. So I was, you know, for me, that was, that was profitable. Um, it was something that, you know, I can replace my full-time salary with a trading salary. Um, fast forwarding to maybe like a year and a half into me doing Wyckoff theory and, and understanding market structure and market cycles, um, you know, I went from 15, 20 trades a week to where I probably take 10 trades a month now. And out of those 10 trades, my, I'm, I may not be making risk percentage or not risk percentage, but uh, total percentage. I may not be making the 20, 25% I was making doing break and retest, but I'm also not risking anywhere near it. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's my risk exposure and, and understanding risk management is what really, I guess, started to catapult my profit margin. Um, I risk a quarter percent on trades. The most I will risk on any trade will be a quarter percent. Um, you know, and there's, there's, you know, circumstances where you'll see me do a, an eighth of a percent or a 16th of a percent on uh, like order flow plays and stuff like that, where break and retest, I was doing 2% per trade. So I was risking 2% to make 20%. And now I'm risking a quarter percent and I'm, you know, clearing my, you know, average somewhere in the neighborhood of like 14 to 17% a month. And, you know, on a, on a large scale account, 14 to 17% is great. You know, I, I don't have to worry about over over leveraging myself, um, being in the U S you know, I, one of the, the worst or the hardest part about being a, a U.S. resident and having a regulated U S broker is my leverage is one to 50. So, and a lot of people that have that, that one to 500 leverage. I mean, they, they don't understand that margin requirement, but when you're sitting on a 50 leverage, um, and I don't know about you, I, I know I've got friends in Australia and New Zealand that are, you know, they've reduced it to like one to 30. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, especially for, for, you know, 
I like to, I, I consider myself a swing trader with entries on a very long, uh, low time frame. So ideally, I love to hold trades, you know, two, three, four, six months long. Um, but unfortunately, when you come into like your margin requirements and stuff like that, that it hurts you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I would say where I'm at now, I'm, I am, my percentage growth is where I want it to be and my risk um, my risk aversion or, or what I'm risking per trade is, is fantastic because I can lose, I can lose a lot of trades. You know, I can lose 16 trades. My cutoff every day is 1%. If I lose 1% on it um, in my daily trading, um, that's it. I, I shut it down. I'll come back tomorrow. Well, that's 16 trades at a quarter percent. You know, I, I don't take 16 trades in a month. So losing trades to me, it's, it's, it's very simple. I, I don't mind losing them. Um, I just know where my line in the sand is. You know, I know where I'm going to stop buying price or I know where I'm going to stop selling price from, you know, once we break a certain structure point or an order flow play. Um, so so it, it helps me with that. So, so with you, with that sort of initial growth to with six figure growth, I mean, what kind of starting balance were you having to start on to get that six figures and in what time frame? <laughs> so, um, you know, much like everybody that gets into Forex, everybody says, oh, just fund your account and start trading. So after three blown accounts, um, I got to the point where I started, you know, let me let me demo this out. Let me figure out how to do it. Once once I got and it was probably like almost a year after I first got into trading that I said to myself, OK, I'm I'm ready to um, to commit to, you know, to putting money in the market and and start trading. So I started with a two thousand dollar account. And it took me just over 12 months to get it up to six figures. Um, and then after that, you know, once, once you, once you're in the six figures, it, it really just becomes easy to start compounding, you know, cause you know, 10, 15% a month on a, you know, mid six figure account really starts to compound. And then when you hit that seven figure mark, you know, a 10% month really just starts to compound. Um, it's, it's not as hard as, you know, making $5 a day on a trade where, you know, you're making, you know, a, you know, you're making four or five figure days, you know, on a, on a decent size account. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Now, um, if we have to go into sort of details around like your trading, I mean, what time frames are you analyzing and what time frames are you getting in on at the moment? So, um, like I said, I, I'm a swing trader, right. That gets down on the lower time frame for entries. So I will, you know, I, I, I always break down the market in three timeframes. I, I, I say a higher time frame, an intraday time frame, and a lower time frame. And you know, I'll 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 sit up on a weekly, daily, four hour chart and really, you know, the four hour I love the four hour and the one hour because I can see what's going on in lower time frame. I can see what's going on in higher time frame. Um, you know, so I'll take an entry off of a four hour time frame if that intraday, you know, and for me, like that one hour, four hours my intraday time frames. If that um, if that price action is giving me the entry, um, but what I'll do is I'll, I will go down and try to refine my entry, you know, to the to the the lowest that I can. Uh, an example would be like that Chef JPY trade that I talked about. You know, my entry was based off of a two hour candle, but because I had the data, you know, the data on, and and I waited 150 days for that trade. Uh, I had that limit order waiting for 150 days, oh, but that trade. I was able, so I took a screenshot off of a 15 second time frame where I saw perfect type one accumulation. And my entry was the test of that accumulation out of that spring. Um, so 150 days later off of a fifth, it was actually a 30 second candle that I took my limit order out of with, I think it was like a 1.6 pip stop loss. 
And, you know, one to 655 R to R later, that's, that's where I'm at. So, I mean, I've taken them, you know, indices, I'll play, you know, uh, S&P 500, US 30, I'll play it off of a one second time frame. Um, you know, because you can see that price action, especially on the indices, you could see it so clearly because the, the amount of volume that's being traded on it. Um, you know, I, I don't have a favorite for me. It's, it's just the price action. And, and one of the things I've said, it's like, you know, the, the, t- the number time frame really doesn't mod- you know, matter to me because a five minute chart and a 30 minute chart to me, it's the same price action. I just, I can see, you know, those candles give me, you know, the, the same data. It's still, it's still telling me where I'm going to play off of. Now it's just a matter of where, you know, the entry needs to be the mitigation of whatever, you know, I'm, I'm going after. So, so just to to give the guys some insight into this, like, so you say you had the penny order sitting there for however many days, like a hundred and plus days. Yeah. So that penny order got hit, yet you took it off a five second time frame. Does that mean that the you moved the order before it got, or did you what, or you moved your stop loss in place when you got to the five second time frame? But how did that work? Yep. Yep. So no, what, what it was, was back, back in March. And, um, maybe I'll pull up the chart back in March. I took a screenshot of, of the price action on the five second time frame, And based off of that chart at that time, I had set my limit order. Uh, I deleted that limit order. I deleted that, that uh, limit order when it was no longer valid based on my confirmations. Fast forward, like three days after that price action, it now became valid again because now it held structure from that point so until that structure point was no longer valid i that limit order was going to be set so i actually set that order back in i think it was like march 6th or march 9th and it got activated sometime in like i think late september um so and and what i do is any order that i do that with you know i have a separate spreadsheet that I use to keep all my open pending orders. I have a, a dry erase board that I, I kind of split into quadrants and, you know, wh- whatever's in the top right-hand corner is all my pending orders. And, you know, on Fridays, I, I, I take my Friday afternoons to go through and, and journal all my trades that I haven't journaled and update my board. You know, so if something's not valid anymore, it gets off the board, I delete it out of my, my MetaTrader. Um, and if something does become valid again, you know, I have that information. I have the data. That's, that's why I take so many screenshots because 150 days later, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a one minute time frame, let alone a, a five second time frame. So having that information, you know, you know, the, 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 the data never gets deleted if you screenshot it and had it, you know, so. I mean, I, I find it absolutely fascinating that you can pick a, a five second entry um, like months out from, from when it gets triggered and get that entry to go 165R um, yeah. with a tight stop. So, I mean, what what is the, how did you get to that point? What was the sort of trick to get to that point? And what would invalidate a trade for you where you go, eh, that's now invalid, I'll, I'll um, reset it, especially that far out is what I'm trying to trying to get my head around. So, uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it definitely took a long time for me to get to the point to, to get to those kind of entries. Um, you know, I, I started off trading, you know, on a on definitely higher timeframes, you know, 30 minute, you know, the H1 timeframes, uh, slowly, I started to get into lower timeframes, even the 15, I, I remember saying to myself on a 15 minute chart, man, the, this is just way too fast. And, uh, you know, I remember getting on the one minute and I'm saying, oh, this is just way too fast. And then I remember getting on the one second. And I'm saying, oh, no, this is, you know, one second time frame. I've got at least three, four minutes before I can, you know, before I set my limit order or, or market execute. 
um, you know, it, it definitely took, you know, I, I would say the, the biggest contributing factor was experience. Um, you know, you, when you see the same price action on a daily chart, on the one hour chart, on the 30 minute chart, 15 minute chart, five minute chart, one minute chart, and then the 15 second chart, the one second chart just means that you just have to see it faster. Um, and I would say I attribute my, I would attribute like my success in, in seeing it to just game planning. You know, um, when I'm looking, when I'm staring at the chart, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take an entry if price does this, right? I already have it in my head. What, what scenario gets me into this trade? You know, um, if I don't see those scenarios play out, I don't get into the trade, you know, no, you know, no break of structure off of this, or I don't see, you know, price reacting from this specific point. Yeah. Okay. No trade. Um, and that, that's, that kind of contributes to one, my, my low trade count each month. Um, and, and also it just reduces the amount of losses I take. And so, so with that, uh, were you talking like 10 to sort of 17 trades or something like that, 10 to 20 trades a month, how many of those would you win and how many would you lose with this approach? So I am, I am on average like a 35 to 40% uh, winning percentage. Um, I don't, I don't win, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere close to like some of these guys that are like 80, 90%. No, I mean, I, right off the bat, I'll tell you, I, I lose, not that I win, I lose seven, eight trades, uh, you know, out of, out of the month. Um, you know, and I'm okay with that. Like I said, the, for me, it's all about the risk to reward. So, you know, on a, on a trade like that, you know, that chef JPY trade, you know, I'll tell you right now that that limit order, wasn't a quarter percent of my account. I didn't even need to put a quarter percent on that thing. Um, you know, in reality, I, on a, on a, you know, cause I, I'll trade, I trade for a prop firm as well on my prop firm account. I threw $50 at it on my personal account. I threw a couple, a couple hundred dollars, but it was nowhere close to my quarter percent. Mm. Uh, cause on a 1.6 pip stop loss, you don't, you don't need to risk a lot. You know, when you're catching, you know, I think right now I, I want to say it's gone almost a thousand pips. Uh, you don't need to risk a lot on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the so the risk is really low in some instances that that because gee, I'm gonna look at it, you know well, if you get that stop loss wrong or right. I mean I suppose do, do you have any issues around spread taking you out? So with... that's that that is the the biggest issue I do have is the spread. Um, you know, obviously when you're trying to get these tight entries, especially when they're delayed entries, right? Because the spread, um, you know, t- right now during you know, Sydney Asian session, the spreads are ridiculous where during, you know, the height of like London crossover into New York, you're going to get, especially on, on, on some of these uh, like majors and and stuff like that, you'll get really low spread. Um, So one of the things I have had to do, and this is something I've had to incorporate is depending whether it's a buyer or sell, you know, what am I going to do as far as spread on, on the buy side, I'm a little more protected on the sell side. Obviously I have to be a little more uh, forgiving to the spread. You know, I'm not, if, if like if EU is sitting at like two pipettes every now and then, uh, I may have to go up to a half a pip to to add into my spread, just because you know we we may get a little bit of volatility. You know what if what if the the the, the entry comes in right at London Open? Well, right at London Open, you're you're going to see a spike in spread, and the last thing I want to do is see that all right the trade played out great, but I got taken out by the spread. And how often has that happened? And how frustrating has it been? And <laughs> how many walls have you lost because of it? <laughs> 
So it's not it's not walls, it's phones. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a that or or uh, there's been a couple of uh, monitors that I've had to replace. <laughs> so I the the joke is I always when I buy a monitor off Amazon, I always buy the uh, the warranty for it because I go through them pretty pretty uh, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean it ha- it happens, and it's and it's you know and there's there's you know I it's, it sucks. I mean, it is what it is. I, I you know, I, I know people complain about it all the time. I, I live it. You know I mean? I'll, I'll be there where, you know, price comes in the spread hits exactly where my stop loss was, um, on a spike and then, all right, there we go. You know, and, and you'll see, you'll be watching the spread sitting at, you know, half a pip, half a pip, half a pip. Oh, spread went to 1.2 pips, took me out, you know, and I'm, I'm like, you know, that that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, now, uh, what about, uh, Something that I suppose if you had to give somebody a step-by-step process to get to the point where you are now, what would you recommend they do? So the I, I would say this right there's there's a always start with structure for me, um, and it's not one of the things I had to learn. It's it's not every highs not every high and low means anything. Um, it's really just the highs and lows that create new highs and lows. Um, I really had to learn what the leg structure was. I had to unlearn what I, what I was taught was structure. Um, and once you get that down, then it's understanding cause and effect. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if this low did not create a new high, then it's not important to me. Um, if this high didn't create the new low, all right, whatever, it's, it's just noise. Um, and then from there, um, you know, learning, learning the Wyckoff schematics was, was probably the, 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 the pivotal moment in my trading career, because it really gave me clarity on what the market was really doing. Um, you know, and I would say that, you know, one of the traps that I fell into was, you know, I read a couple of Wyckoff books. I saw these schematics all over the internet. I printed them out and then I tried to play like tic-tac-toe with them. I tried to, to, to take that overlay of that chart or, or of that schematic and put it on a chart and say, okay, this is what's going on. Um, when I stopped doing that and I just started to really understand what was happening in the schematic, what was happening, why was price action moving the way it was moving? Um, that's when I really started to understand the analysis part of the market. And that's probably the biggest thing that I tell people that are on my streams and stuff is, you know, don't, don't just put these, you know, don't, don't start naming the anatomy of a schematic just because that's what it looks like truly understand, well, what's that price action doing? Are they filling orders there? Was this the manipulation, you know? Um, because, you know, everything's subjective, but, you know, I, I deal in facts, right? So what do I know? If, if I can look at that chart and ask myself, what do I know? What can, what can we, you know, what can I prove? What probable cause do I have that this is what's happening in the market? I go off of that, you know, because everything else is just subjective. Everything else is noise. Everything else is intentional. And you, you've got the name Fibs and Profit. Was that just an old name or are you actually using Fibonacci in what you do? Oh, no. I So I do. I do. Um, it took me a long time. But um, so I my entries are, are based off of fibs, right? My entries are based off of a 50 percent and an 80 percent uh, mitigation of whatever the manipulation was. And it took me a long time. It took me almost like two years of just back testing and finding that uh, if I can find the right candle or the right price action within a schematic and that price with a very high degree of probability reacts off of the 50 or the 80 percent of it um so that's that's where that name kind of came from well interesting um now what about from a mindset point of view have you got sort of 
things that you've incorporated into your trading that help you with any mindset issues apart from the the multiple mon monitors and the Amazon warranty program? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there's, there's two parts of it. Um, you know, everybody, everybody who's, who's been in trading and if they haven't should probably get into the Mark Douglas, just everything Mark Douglas has ever done. Um, understanding, you know, part of his, you know, part of his teaching is probably what kind of guided me throughout my journey. Um, one of the things that I do regularly though, is I need to find an out. Um, you know, one of my biggest things before I got injured was, um, you know, I, I used to love doing yoga and, um, you know, I would do it. I would do yoga just before getting on the charts. I would wake up, do my stretching, then start doing about a 45 minute yoga session. And that just gets me in the right state of mind. That gets me in the right, um, the right clarity. Um, I also, you know, I, I talk about being physically and mentally prepared for trading because, you know, I, I, I do not, when people ask me, you know, uh, how's trading going or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on trading? I, I tell them, I go, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and I mean, I, I listen, I was in the military. I was, um, you know, I did some very hard stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've been in law enforcement where I've had to do a lot of hard stuff, a lot of life threatening, uh, you know, instances. And this is still both from a mental and physical standpoint, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, so finding an out, you know, um, like I talked about replacing my 40 hour week job for another 40 hour week job on the charts. Uh, the whole reason I got into the strategy that I kind of employ now, it's, it, it keeps me off of those charts. It keeps me, it allows me to get into other things that, uh, kind of just gives me a break. You know, um, you need a reset. You know, I, I don't over the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, um, I don't do anything trading related. Uh, you know, I used to mark up charts on Sundays. Now I do it on Mondays. You know, I, I, I have a complete separation from trading over the weekend. And that, that just helps me come back, you know, refreshed and ready to go for the week ahead. Cool, cool, cool. Um, now, if there was one thing you recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Um, so, I mean, I, like, again, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. I'll tell you this, um, you know, from, from a retail perspective, right. The, the, the guys that trade head and shoulders, the guys that trade flag patterns, the guys that trade, um, you know, double bottoms, double tops, M's and W's. If, if I were to give one suggestion, it would be like, how can you make your trading better? It's, just learn a little bit of Wyckoff because, you know, people think that Wyckoff is this mysterious, like voodoo magic science. It's not, it's retail trading, um, you know, head and shoulders pattern. It's a, it's an accumulation or a distribution schematic. Um, you know, a flag pattern is a reaccumulation or a redistribution, um, but just understanding, you know, and that's something I didn't have when I was a retail trader. I, I didn't have that understanding of what the market structure was. You know, I was just, Oh, it's a flag pattern. So I gotta be, you know, it's a bullish flag pattern. I gotta look for buys where if you're in a bearish market and you have a bullish flag pattern, get ready because you're going to probably be in a redistribution. You just need to wait for a new low and you can, you can sell it. Um, so as a, for a retail trader, I would say just dive in. I mean, you don't even have to do a lot. Um, you know, just a, a basic understanding of the directional bias of the market and then understand what, what continuation moves are like redistributions and reaccumulations. And then just understand what your retail patterns are, are actually doing, you know, are they distributions or are they accumulations? Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, people always just, again, the, the, the Wyckoff traders that will 
take a distribution schematic out of a book and put it on a chart and say, this is a distribution and not look at anything else potentially could be right, but you have to look at it in the market cycle. Are you, are you in the top side of your market cycle or you're on the bottom? Cause if you're in the bottom, you can't be distributing orders from a, a, a plain distribution schematic from a bottom of the cycle. It, it can only be an accumulation or it's going to be a continuation move a redistribution. You know, and those are things that, you know, like I, I've, I've definitely grasped very, very quickly. And, and it's helped me, you know, with, uh, with my equity curve. <laughs> and so, so uh, what would be the best place if somebody had to go to one place and find out about Wyckoff and give themselves that sort of like, you know, refresh a course or just that starter course, which one, what, where'd you say go? I would say the, you, you've got to go to, I call it like the Wyckoff Bible. Uh, it's, it's a book by Ruben Villamosa. Uh, it's called uh, um, uh, Wyckoff Methodologies. Uh, you can, you can find it on Amazon. It's, it's like $12, but it's, that's, that's probably the, the foundation for understanding what, what the anatomy of a schematic is, what it's doing and why it's doing it. Um, and, and from there you can kind of branch out, but everybody that's in my discord, um, you know, that's, that's the go-to, Hey, you know, I'm new. I want to, I want to learn, you know, some Wyckoff. All right, well buy this book on Amazon or, or get it from a friend, um, and, and read it. It's a quick read. Um, you know, we've, I, we've had, um, my buddy Sam and I, who, who have our discord there, uh, Sam actually reached out to Ruben, the author of the book, and we had him on our, we had a zoom call with him. We've actually done it, I think two times now. Um, you know, Ruben lives in Spain. He's, you know, he, there is a little bit of a language barrier. So when you read that book, just be prepared because it was originally written in Spanish and then translated to English. So it's, it's, uh, you know, especially if you, if you're a grammar OCD, like guru, you're, you're going to have issues with the book because you're going to be <laughs> sitting there with a red pen and stuff, but the, the foundation is there and that's yeah. probably the, 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 the best starting point. And uh, okay, we'll hook that um, link up to that book in the show notes. Now we've talked about entering the trades, and you've you know you got your one second entries and stuff. What about exiting the trades? How are you getting such huge risk to reward trades in some cases? So the the way I look at it is this, um, and, and let's just take an example, right? So we are in a intraday time frame, right? We're you know look at a, a daily or an H4 time frame and price has come, you know, we're in a bullish market and price has come back into the lower, you know, uh the lower extreme of that leg. So if you were to put a fib on the entire leg, we're talking, you know, anything below a 618, right? And we're talking maybe like the 70s, the 80% of that leg. What's what's my target? My target's a new leg. So my target, if that if that daily, you know, leg is 400 pips, you know, my, my goal is to get the 400 pips to make the new leg, um, you know, especially when, when we're trending in that market. What I do to offset that, though, is I'll hedge positions. So if I start to see that order flow is breaking down and I'm in that buy, I'm going to hedge a position for the sell based off of lower time frame confirmations. So what it allows me to do is it take, allows me to take more volume off of my, uh, off my cells and not my buys. Cause in the long run, you know, if, if we're going to continue in a trending market, you know, I want to hold it for the four five, 600 pips where, you know, if I can get more volume being held up until we get to that high point, 
Um, that's the goal, right? And what I'll do is I'll hedge in those cells and get those short little like intraday entries where I'm holding them for two, three, four days at a time and just play that ping pong game. But it's it's a ping pong game over the course of a week, two weeks, three weeks, even a month. Um, and that's kind of what I do to to like offset the the chance that, oh, you know, I was 800 pips in profit and this thing came all the way back to break even. No, I've scaled off, you know, I've taken volume off. Yeah. So, so in taking volume off, you're doing that by the selling selling positions, right? Versus you're yes, not that. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the buy's still in there at full volume, but right. nice. That, that's that's awesome. That's a nice little approach. Um, and uh, what about the pairs that you're trading? We haven't even asked that. If it's a if it's a chart, I'll trade it. Um, you know, I I don't have like a. I mean, I definitely have my favorite pairs to trade. Uh, you know, obviously. I prefer the, the pairs that have the lowest spread. So it's all the majors, um, you know, I mean, cause the, the lower the spread, the tighter the entry. Um, but I, I do, I'm very partial to, you know, us dollar crosses and then all the, the, the yen crosses are my, are my go-to currency pairs. Um, and then I'm just, you know, my, the last three years running my, my most profitable assets have been indices. Um, you know, so, in 2020, it was US 30. In 2021, it was S&P 500. And so far, so, you know, this year, um, NASDAQ has been really giving me the profit margin, you know, a, a, against all the other three. So, um, you know, I, I dabble in metals, you know, I do silver and gold, um, not so much. I mean, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a huge gold or silver trader just because all of the brokers I use, the spreads are just ridiculous. So it's, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, the, the risk to reward isn't there. Um, you know, and I used to dabble in oil. I just use oil now as, as a, a comparable strength analysis towards what I'm going to do with some of the other pairs. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, there's one question I haven't asked, which is what's your typical trading day? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So the days of waking up for London session, which would be 3 a.m. my time are long gone. Um, so I wake up, um, you know, during the week, my, my, based on my journal for the last three years, my top two trading days of the week are Thursdays and Fridays. So Thursday and Friday mornings for me, I make sure I'm up, you know, about five, five thirty in the morning. And, and I start to prepare my, my day for trading. Um, you know, earlier in the week, you know, Mondays, yeah, Mondays are my sleeping days. Mondays are, are my paperwork days, my, my pre- preparation days. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll wake up, you know, sometimes 10 minutes before New York Open, uh, sometimes an hour before New York Open. And it's kind of just seeing if there's, if there's something that comes into my point of interest uh, okay, I'll, I'll get ready for the trade. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a trader of opportunity. Like I don't, I don't jump on the charts and, oh, you know, what am I going to get into today? I've already done the prep work, you know, every, you know, I, the, the first of every month I do a top-down analysis on all of the currency pairs that I trade and, uh, and the, in the future, you know, um, charts that I trade as well. So I've got my top-down analysis done every month. Um, and then, on Mondays, that's, that's like my prep day. So what I'll do is I will have alert set. I will have my, my points of interest off the different time frames that I'll be looking for price to come into and give me the price action to take trades off of. So Tuesday or Wednesday, I wake up, I'm, I get on the charts, I start just cycling through and guess what? No alerts going off and, and nothing's near my, my points of interest. All right. Then, then, then there's no trading to be done and, and I'll, you know, you know, do whatever else I need to do those days. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays are, are, like I said, my biggest trading days. 
Um, so those are the days that I want to make sure that I'm on the charts. I'm there for any price action that happens that I can get into trades. Um, I'm pretty much done trading. Like, you know, I would say my, my, my hours of trading are from 6am on Thursdays and Fridays till maybe 11, 12 o'clock, um, my time. So about six hours is my trading window. And, uh, you know, I, I have certain rules, like I don't trade towards the end of New York session because I don't want to be, I, I don't want to deal with the broker manipulation to, to get stopped out over changeover. Um, you know, and, you know, I just based off of my back testing and, and the way I like to trade, I don't, I don't take positions during Asian session. So for me, the golden, you know, that golden window is London into like midday New York. So the entire London session is, is a great um, a great time frame for me to really find those positions. And if, if I don't get it during those times, then, you know, all right, I'll just wait for the next position. Now you, you mentioned, uh, getting in on the Thursday and Friday. So just before the weekend and you hold it for a multiple day. So you often hold across the weekend. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll hold it over the weekend. Um, now I'll hold over the, and, and again, it, it depends on the position. Um, you know, I definitely don't, cause I've, I've listen, I've been there. I've been there on a, on a GJ trade holding a, uh, holding a buy and you know, the market gap, like 115 pips and, and I lost a, a significant amount of money from it. Um, but I make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into a trade on a Friday at 2 PM where the market's got three hours left. You know, most of the positions I'm getting into, uh, by the time the weekend comes up, you know, we're, I'm, I'm already almost 80, 90, 100 pips in profit. You know, it'll be at reduced risk or it'll be at break even. Um, I may have already taken, one of the things I like to do is I'll, I'll um, by taking what I risked on the trade out at a certain point, you know, that, that trade's essentially risk-free, even though my, my stop loss may not be at break even. Um, so I just make sure, and that's like on Fridays, you know, those, those that, you know, follow me and, and know how I trade, I, I don't look for trades late on a Friday. Um, most, most of my trading on Friday, it's, you know, if I'm not in by, you know, the start of equities open, which is nine 30 Eastern, I'm, I'm not looking for a trade, you know, maybe a, a quick little S and P or us 30 trade going into like that hour window after. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much done. And, one of the things I've done to make sure I'm not getting into those trades, it's um, my journal days on Friday. So, you know, when I have a couple of trades that I've got a journal, all right, that's it, you know, shut down my, my MT5 and let me start working my journals, get this done so I can get all my paperwork done for the week. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So you're completely mitigating that weekend's uh, yeah. gap slash horrific spread come, come the uh, start of the week. Now, um, yeah. Right, let's jump into some quickfire questions here and we'll wrap up the show. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? I would say um, just under two years, just under two years. What's your favorite entry setup? So I am, again, I'm a Wyckoff trader, so type one schematics, whether it's an accumulation or, re or a distribution by far, uh, you know, three drives, give you, give me the manipulation, uh, break structure, come back and mitigate and give me that entry. Um, that's, that's my favorite, favorite way to trade. What's, what strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Um, so ultimately it's going to be, you know, the intended take profit that I'm looking for, whether it's a, a, you know, that, that high or low or a complete break of structure. So, you know, if I'm holding that trade for two, three, I mean, I'm holding a Euro USD trade from September 28th still. 
And I have no plans of closing it until we break lower timeframe structure. When we break that, then I'll start looking for buys and I'll definitely hedge out and, and close out the position. But, um, you know, as far as exiting the trades, it's, I've taken volume off. So it's either going to hit my break even, um, or, you know, it's, it's going to continue in the way that I'm going to go with it. Um, what's your recommended trading book or resource? Um, like I said, uh, the Ruben Villamosa book, Wyckoff Methodologies is probably the, the go-to, um, for me. And, uh, the outside of that, there's three Jesse Livermore books that I found just extremely helpful on Wyckoff itself. Um, I would dive into those. He's, he's only done three of them on Wyckoff. Um, and all three were extremely important in my, in my progression. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, my preferred broker is different than, uh, than what I use. I, I would love if there's such a, a mysterious cat of a broker that has extremely low spreads, like an ECN account that doesn't manipulate the market. I would love that. But, um, uh, so I use, I use a Wanda as my currency broker, just cause I'm a U.S. resident. And, you know, when you get to a certain amount in your trading account, you, you, you know, you, you don't want to have a broker in some, you know, Caribbean island with a post office box. You know, if something happens, I need to call up, you know, I can't get a hold of them. So I wanted, I wanted a regulated broker. So I use a Wanda for my currency account. Uh, and I use FX Choice for my, uh, my commodities, metals, and indices. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Oh, um, sure, sure. So... I was trading uh, US 30. I was in a buy on US 30. And uh, it was January 2020. Um, the US drone strike on the Iranian general um, in January of 2020. The, it was coincidentally the same time that, um, that US 30 had just broken a key milestone. I don't remember what the, what the number was, but if it was like, you know, we had been in like 22,000 months and it had just broken the 23,000 mark or, or something to that effect. Um, so, you know, I was in the buy, it was uh, late afternoon and I had, and this is one of the reasons I no longer have my MetaTrader on my phone because, you know, what I had done was I had just typed in on my phone the stop loss to go to break even. And again, for so many months, I was so used to typing in 22, you know, whatever. Um, so we had gone into 23,000 or whatever it was, 24, whatever it was, that number. We had just gone into the new, um, into the new uh, century mark on it. And uh, the market was getting ready to close. You know, I was probably like 200 points in profit. I had already taken some profits. I had closed out what I had risked on the trade. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was like a 30 or 25 point stop loss on US 30 was the original risk. So my my quarter percent was based off of a 25 or 30 point stop loss. Um, so, you know, whatever, I closed out everything and I had moved it on my phone and I was out grilling in my backyard when my wife yells at me and says, hey, there's a US drone strike. It was right at dinner time, like 5 p.m. Eastern. There's a US drone strike they just hit. And I was like, oh man, well, I guess, I guess my US 30 trade hit break even. Um, and you know, when the market opens the hour later at 6 PM, 
the market had gapped like something like 1800 points. And if you were, you know, I was, so instead of having a 30 point stop loss, I had almost a 2000 point stop loss and it was the worst loss I've ever had in my life. Uh, It was a six figure loss. And at the time um, it was a good chunk of my account. So ever since that day, MetaTrader is not on my phone. Uh, I only use it on my desktop. You know, I call it my command center, all my monitors, my computer, all that stuff. Um, if, I, if I don't have it on my desktop, then I, I don't trade it. Um, you know, there's, I do take, I have a little iPad Pro that when I'm traveling, I'll trade from that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's no more on the phone. It was a very costly lesson. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you're just typing it in yeah. and, and, you, and you don't see it. At least on the desktop, you see that, you yeah. know, for me, it's a bright red line that I can drag. Uh, and that would have been so much easier. I would just dragged it up to the break even mark. Um, so yeah, that, that was my worst trade ever. Damn. Um, now <laughs> last question of the show. Uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? And this, uh, this is primarily for like newer traders. I would say, and this, I say it all the time. Don't be in a hurry to lose money. Um, you know, this is, again, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, uh, whether, and, and don't, don't judge yourself against everybody else. You know, for me, it took a year and a half to two years to get to the point where I was at least consistent and profitable. It might take you five years, you know, it might take you six years, you know, um, you, 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 would you ever get, if you look at it like this, would you ever board an airplane with a pilot that's been, you know, he's, he's learned to fly on his phone three weeks ago. Would you ever get on that plane? No, you know, you've, you've got to, you know, for me, trading is a profession, right? It's not a side gig. It's not something I'm, I'm doing to make money very quickly. It's a profession and I treat it as it's such, right? So, you know, understanding the, the entire profession itself and, you know, getting to the point where you're preparing yourself mentally and physically, you are understanding whatever, whatever strategy you're doing, you know, understanding that, okay, I've, I've, back-tested the strategy. I've demo-traded the strategy. I've understand how to, you know, employ risk management. I've under, you know, uh, trade management. Um, you know, for me, I think trade management is probably the, the, the hardest thing that I had to learn. Um, but putting all those pieces together and then get to the point where, okay, I'm going to throw some of my equity at it. Um, or I'm going to go through a proprietary firm and, and use their equity. Um, you know, don't be a professional trader, you know, three weeks in and, and expect to have some key results, save your money, you know, learn how to do this properly and then start investing into it. That's that, that would be my biggest takeaway. Cool. Awesome. Well, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? So you can reach me on Instagram or discord. Um, just, uh, it's fibs and profits, um, on Instagram and, uh, and on discord. And, uh, I'm, you know, if you do message me, I, I get a I get a fair chunk of messages a day. So just just bear with me. I, I get to them, but um, and um, you know, just like I said, I do a I do a YouTube every Tuesday, seven p.m. Eastern. You know, it's open to everybody. You can jump on and and see uh, see how we uh, how we trade and and what we do with the market. Well, look, a big thank you to Mike uh, for sharing with us today. Everything we discussed here, along with all those links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Mike or Fibs and Profits in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Righty-ho, folks. So you have an interview with Mike done and dusted. Now, just to remind you of all the things going on here at Trading Up, we've got that video that Mike did after the show where he breaks down on a price chart his 1 to 665 uh, trade Got to go and check that out. Uh, the sponsor, one of my sponsors, BitGet, my crypto sponsor, they are 
giving you guys a chance to get up to $3,000 in crypto if you join up with their exchange and do a few things. Uh, they also have a $153 reward as well if you follow a few uh, instructions once you join up over there at BitGet. So find the link, go and click that, and you'll find out more information about it. Also, the Trading Nut Funded Cup. Doors are still open for that. If you do want to take part in this demo trading competition where you can win up to $190,000 worth of prizes, uh, that's sponsored by my uh, main sponsors, my gold sponsors, City Traders Imperium. So doors are still open for that. Mindhack number five is up there on the YouTube channel. Go and check that out to find out the science to success with Andy Murphy and if you're looking to take your mindset stuff even further then I do recommend checking out his Genius Trader Club there's a free webinar you can check out over there links are on trading that find the mindset link at the top of the navigation other things robot builders club yeah doors are still open for that so I'm still taking on members to uh, help them automate all of what they do or even some of what they do and just uh, create a semi-automated trading robot to get them through what they need to do from a trading point of view on MetaTrader 4 or MetaTrader 5. Uh, Also, my Smart Money Concept Series with the team at AerialFX is still running. Uh, We've got the live streams with those guys. Remember, $100 was given away for guys who attended the live stream last week. So they'll be live again next week. And you've got a chance to probably to get another $100, I'd say. I think they did say they were going to do it again next week. So check that out. And the newest live stream with Master FX Shifu is gone, has gone live now. Uh, we've got it every Tuesday here, London Open. Uh, he's going to be managing those trades in the Telegram chat, but going live and getting you into those trades at the London Open on a Tuesday. So if you're looking for something like that, then go and check it out over there on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. Until next time, guys, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.